If you're one of the people uh, in the province that had their elective surgery put on hold, yesterday, Health Minister Christine Elliott announced that the province is set to resume elective surgeries um, after they were shut down because of COVID-19. Dr. David Erbach is the surgeon-in-chief at Women's College Hospital in Toronto and a professor of surgery and health policy at the University of Toronto, joins the show now. Welcome to the show, doctor. Good to have you on. Thank you. So let's refresh everybody's memory here. What qualifies as an elective surgery? When we say elective, we're actually talking about scheduled surgery. So any operation that's not done on an emergency basis, so if you're at home and you come to hospital at a specific date, we call that elective. So it doesn't necessarily mean it's unimportant or not for a serious condition. An elective surgery could be for something like a pancreatic cancer or breast cancer or something like that. It just means it's scheduled in advance. Yeah, so the stress level for people that have had their surgeries postponed uh, extremely high during this pandemic, which isn't really great for some health conditions. You know, BC saying it's going to take up to two years to clear their, their backlog for surgeries that were put on hold because of the pandemic. Now, we have three times holistically. How long do you think our backlog is going to look, be in Ontario? Realistically, it's going to take a long time because... For the foreseeable future, we're also not going to be able to do all the surgeries that need to be done because the hospitals are still grappling with the COVID crisis. So as long as we have patients in hospital with COVID and as long as we're still limited in some of our nursing support, uh, other hospital staff, uh, PPE, drugs, etc., the hospitals are not going to be operating at 100% capacity uh, for quite some time, I imagine. All right. Do we even have a rough idea of how many surgeries have been put on hold in the province? Or is that something that you wouldn't have at your fingertips? We have a pretty good idea. Uh, for the last uh, few weeks or a couple of months, we think there's been a 90% reduction as we've gone only to the emergency procedures. So it's been a very substantial reduction and that really barely any elective uh, operations have been done. And The plan now is to gradually reopen and increase the amount of elective surgery that we do uh, on a stepways basis based on the circumstances in the regions and the hospitals. But we're going to do it in a stepwise way, uh, you know, maybe first to 20 or 30 percent and then eventually maybe closer to 50 percent. And we'll just get as high as we can and do as much as we can. But it really is dependent on the resources that we have and what's happening with the underlying infection. Provincial health officials have drawn up some guidelines. Can you give us perspective as to what has to happen before these surgeries even begin? Yeah, well, just to simplify, the conditions have to be right. So the COVID infection rate in the region cannot be out of control. It has, it has to be stable or decreasing, and the hospitals have to be prepared. They have to have enough capacity to deal with COVID patients as well as these non-COVID patients. They need to have enough supply of PPE, of drugs. They need to have staffing. So really, it's a set of gates or a set of criteria by which hospitals can safely go ahead with scheduled surgery. So how do you start prioritizing which surgeries get to the top of the list? You know, if I'm uh, someone that has had uh, breast cancer surgery scheduled, I'm concerned that it's growing. Do I get to the top of the list? What happens? Uh, Well, it's an excellent question, and this is a challenge we have. And what we're trying to do right now is prioritize things so that the people whose threat to life or limb or disease is is the, the highest, those patients are currently going first. What we do know, though, is that there's a lot of causes of suffering. For example, arthritis with a bad knee or hip 
with that requires a joint replacement and causes a lot of uh, suffering until that's done is also a cause of uh, great concern to patients. So what we have to do now is we have to figure out a plan by which we can actually provide as much care as possible to all these different types of patients, not just the highly uh, acute or very emergent patients. And to do that is going to require a lot of creative thinking, especially because some of our hospitals are more affected by COVID than others, which also means that some surgeons are more affected than others. And just relying on the usual process by which surgeons get operating room times that they control at hospitals is going to make it very difficult for us to provide equitable care to patients. And you can't just triage uh, the operations like you would in, in, in the ER. Well, we can prioritize them for sure. So when we say triage, often what we mean is prioritize them and do the most urgent first. Our plan is to get through everything and try and address everybody who needs surgery. Um, a lot of people may not realize, but there are a lot of conditions that actually will get better on their own for which we can do surgery when the resources are available, but surgery may not be totally necessary. And what we'll probably do are fewer of those operations that can be treated by other means as we really focus to operating on those patients who really desperately need surgery and won't get better without it. Okay, what about, here's another scenario for you. So BC says they have a two-year backlog. If we're in a similar situation like that, I find a lump on my breast. Uh, they look at it and say, yeah, you need surgery. Do I get to the end of that backlog or where do I fit in? Because now I'm a new case. I, I'm not even in that uh, backlog. I'm after the backlog. Yeah, so our challenge is to have a list of patients that's a dynamic list. So uh, just as you say, some people may enter it now, even if there is a backlog of two months worth, somebody may come in with a serious problem that actually needs urgent care. And it's our job to actually maintain this queue so that we can always provide care to those patients who enter who still need emergency services. And there's actually a very straightforward and simple way of doing that just by coordinating all the surgeons and all the hospitals and working off a single common queue or a single list, which we often mm. call a single entry model. Uh, that turns out to be the simplest and most efficient way of dealing with patients in a fair way, in a transparent way that actually prioritizes those who need surgery most urgently. So would you possibly be going to a hospital outside your jurisdiction instead of the hospital closest to you if that's the case? I think that's very likely to happen. And I think patients and the public should be prepared because some hospitals are more overwhelmed than others. And uh, even in the GTA, there are some hospitals that have effectively stopped all their surgery at this point, where there's other hospitals that are getting close to ramp ramping up. And a patient shouldn't be penalized just because their surgeon happens to work at a hospital that won't have access to an operating room for two months. Uh, that patient should really get prioritized and, and get the next available spot on the list. And, and the example is just like when you walk into the bank or a lot of Tim Hortons, uh, you walk into a common queue, a single line, and you only get parceled off to the teller at the very end when you reach the, the end of the line and you see the next available person. And what that does is it makes the wait as short and as fair for everybody in the queue. Okay, I want to ask you the question that I'm sure other people are are wondering, is there any way to keep the surgeries running 24-7 or is that impossible because we just don't have the surgeons, uh, you know, and they're not superhuman to be doing surgeries, uh, you know, successively in a 24-hour schedule? I, I don't think 24-7 is realistic and it's not the surgeons really that are the limiting factor. There's a few things. One of One is that 
we really never had the capacity in our system to do that even before the COVID situation started. So we were always somewhat constrained by staff, by nurses, uh, by hospital beds, by all these other resources. So that still exists. But the other problem is we're still grappling with this pandemic. And there are still patients who are sick in hospital as we speak. But as we ease social restrictions and as businesses start up again, we're going to see recurrent uh, epidemics happening in all the different regions and provinces. So this problem isn't fixed. We're going to be dealing with COVID for some time. And because of that, hospitals are going to be stressed and operating at less than capacity for elective care for some time. So we really are not going to have the luxury, I I believe, of being able to ramp up and work 24-7 in the way that you're suggesting. Why do we call it elective surgeries? Why not just scheduled surgeries? What's why why he use that lingo? Because it's so misleading. Uh, you know, I agree with you, and it's it's becoming to light now because when we use the word elective, a lot of people interpret that as discretionary or frivolous or right. you know unnecessary. And you know, I'll give you an example: an elective surgery is a surgery to remove a cancer of the pancreas, or a surgery to remove a uh, breast cancer. Like these are all elective surgery. If you can't walk because you're disabled because of an arthritic hip and you need a hip replacement, that's elective surgery. Yeah, it's not just a situation of this is a choice. I, you know, was originally thinking elective surgery. All right, what would that be? Breast augmentation, like something like plastic surgery that's not necessary to uh, your quality of life, but that's just not the case. So I guess um, at at this point in time, I'd love to ask you, because there are people that are, you know, concerned about when they're going to get their surgery, uh, because we are resuming elective surgery, you know, albeit, you know, slowly here in the province. What's your advice to people listening right now who have had their surgeries postponed? Do they reach out to their doctors? Do they wait for the doctor to contact them? Because I've had some friends that have had to advocate for themselves. And if they weren't doing that and really pushing, they wouldn't have actually had the care pre-pandemic that they, you know, really needed. It was up to them. So where do we sit? So I would agree with what you're saying to be in touch with your surgeon's office if you already have a surgeon who's seen you. Uh, We're really doing um, what I would say is a pretty good job of trying to maintain the list of patients awaiting surgery and making sure that uh, those people who really do need it and end up in crisis do get access to surgery. And I see the hospitals making great efforts to do that. But most importantly, I would give this message to the public that while we're in this time of crisis, I think people should be prepared that it's going to be difficult for their surgeon or their hospital to schedule them for surgery and in really a timely basis. And what people ought to be prepared for is they might have to move to a different hospital that's less stressed with COVID or even end up seeing a different surgeon uh, in order to have their surgery in a timely and safe way. And I think that's totally fine because we have an excellent quality of care across the province in all our hospitals. And I think there should be a great deal of confidence among the public in our hospital system, because overall, we offer an excellent quality of care.